You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome back to another preseason, the final preseason episode of Hoop and Holler. It's your host, Reagan Griffin, as always, joined by Julio Martinez and Eddie Sun. Gentlemen, my friends, my cohorts, my co-hosts, how are you doing today? I'm just excited for basketball basketball to be back, man. Lakers are looking good. KD's looking amazing. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Eddie's number nine player for the upcoming That's season. Right. It's looking great. Uh, Eddie, how are you? That's right. I'm good as well. Obviously, we just got done with the the production part of releasing the uh, top 10 player episodes. Obviously, there's a little bit of work there. So I hope this episode is a little bit more uh, lighthearted and easier to edit and more concise, maybe. It's probably going to be. Hopefully. Time can only tell how concise these the three of us are going to be. But before we get into the meat of our show, which is going to be our predictions for the NBA Awards, MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, before we get into that, I have a couple of you know warm-up exercises to get the mind juices flowing a little bit. Y'all ready? Yep. So Let's we're, do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to do some over-under predictions for the upcoming season. We're going to do them real quick, real snappy. Just give me a response, maybe a couple of justifications for it. But I'm giving you... Uh, a thing that I think, or a, a possibility, right? And then I'm going to give you a number. You tell me whether you think it's going to be over that number or under that number. It'll make more sense as I start doing it. But let's go ahead and hop into it with the first one that I have on this list. Zion Williamson, minutes per game, over, under 30.5. Mm. So, I, I, when you first mentioned Zion, I thought you were going to say games played. And I, I thought about that. I thought yeah, about I that. Um, I'm shoot. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. Under. So I don't think that New Orleans would just lie about uh, the minutes restriction and how he doesn't have one, right? So if that's the case and they're already running him 33 minutes in a preseason game, that's an easy over for me. Hmm. You, you know, see, if they're running but, them 33 minutes in a preseason game, I'm saying they at least play him 32, you know, at like average of 32, maybe more throughout the season. Now, not, if he takes a couple of games off, that doesn't count. That doesn't affect average, him, right? No, if he takes well, some games well, okay, off, that doesn't affect his minutes per no, game. No, no, no. What, what I was going to say is that I'm not even trying to be an asshole or anything, but it's not that I expect something to happen, but... I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be forward thinking and, you know, I might foresee maybe an, a small injury, a small, you know, bump in the road happening. And if that happens, you best believe they're going to play him like five minutes on a, a game. On a minute's that. restriction. Mm. Yeah. Nostradamus Julio is out here predicting injuries. Interesting. All right. Next up. What? 
Good but, sign. He it looks like he has lost weight. So it does. It does. All right. Next up, we got Lamelo Ball three point percentage on the season. The over under line is set at thirty two and a half. Under. Mm, that was real easy for y'all. <laughs> It's not that I don't think he uh he can be a it's not that I don't think he can be a good shooter. It's it's just that I mean his game is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be focused on other things. Uh, you know, his highlights, his passing ability, his rebounding ability, um, and his point guard skills. Uh and it's not he's not as bad as his brother, but his shot selection is what he needs help with sometimes. So mm. I, I definitely think it's going to be under. The shot just doesn't look good, especially off the dribble. Like, the release point is all sorts of weird. His leg setup is strange. Like, his knees kind of cave in a little bit. Um, like, I mean, obviously he shot, like, what, 20% in New Zealand or something. Um, he's not going to be that bad, I hope. But it just, he's I don't not. know, something about the Ball family and their shots it just doesn't look good. Mm. Under for LaMelo Ball at 32.5. Okay, all right. This one's for you, Eddie. I was thinking of you as I came up with this. Carl Anthony Towns, three-point attempts per game, over-under line set at eight. Oh, over. Easy over. Mm, easy I think over. He took, he took seven and 7.9 was the number. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad you did the research. Yeah. Um, if anything, I mean, this coaching emphasizes a three-point shot. Carl Anthony Towns is probably a top-five shooter in this league right now. There's no reason why he's not taking, I want to say, ten and a half threes a game next season if he plays like thirty. He's not a, a top game. five shooter in the league, though. I mean, we don't have there, to get into it now, but there's there not a lot of shooters better than him. Oh my god! If we take if we take Clay out because he's hurt next, you can't. Game. I mean, it's Clay, Steph, uh, Joe Harris, freaking Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Hero my guy. My guy, Max Struss, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Julio, what's your answer, though, on the over-under? Uh, I, re- I really don't know with Cat. I-, I don't think he should, be sh- he should be shooting that many, but I'll put my, I'll put my uh, trust in Eddie on this one. I'll say over. Hmm. How can you say he shouldn't be shooting that many when you say he has no footwork whatsoever in the post you know. All right, all right, all right. I'm cutting it off. I'm cutting it off. We're going to get into one on a tangent here. All right. Shy Gilgis Alexander, points per game, line at 23 and a half. Shoot. Oh, I'm actually going to go under. He averaged 19 last year. He'll have way more opportunities. I'm going to go over, but... Yeah, slightly over, slightly over. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that was a good one. All right, two more. First-round draft picks that the Rockets will receive in a trade for James Harden, over under two and a half. It de- yeah, I know it does. If the trade See? is Ben's. I know it does. You got to think about that. I'm going to go under because I think he's going to get traded to the Sixers. And the Sixers have more to offer in terms of talent, like players, instead of draft picks. So um, if that's the case, Houston should be asking for, I know we've talked about this in the group chat, you know, the young players, including Ben Simmons on Philly, instead of trying to stockpile a lot of draft picks. Hmm. I I know in the group chat, I said that if they trade with the Sixers, it'd probably be Ben Simmons, uh, 
Matisse Thibel, Mike Scott, and one of either, you know, Tyrese Maxey or uh, uh, what's the other point guard? Shake Milton. Shake Milton. And if that's the case, and it, I, I said one to two picks, but uh, I'm going to just go contrarian to Eddie and say it's three, so over. Hmm. All right. Warriors wins, line set at 36 and a half. Under. Mm. Really? You don't I, think they I, win I, half their games? You, and I don't know. If 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 Steph is the MVP that I predicted him last year to be, then, I mean, it has to be over. You have an MVP on your team. You better win more than half your games. Uh, but I, I don't know so if I'm I just – are you saying he might get hurt? Because if you think he's going to stay healthy, then it should be over, right? If he's at that MVP level, I don't. I don't know though. I'll say there's what seventy three games being played this year. Seventy two. Seventy two. Seventy two. That's right. Yeah, that's over for me. Like, I'll go, I'll there shouldn't go. be any doubts after you know the preseason games I watched, unless you know someone tries to draw a charge and fracture Steph Curry's uh, hand again. Uh, um, we're not gonna get into that conversation. I, mean, I know. Yeah, I know. In the course of the season, of he might miss. He, he might miss like five to ten games. I think that's just that just happens to Steph. But you know, if it's limited to that, and I think that's a reasonable number, it should be over easily. I mean, he well, it has so to be over for yeah preseason. It has to be over for you because you got to make it. That's true because yeah. of my predictions. Yeah. Um, I do, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I, I believe in Steph. He already looks super impactful and teammates have no idea how to play off of them yet so i'm inclined to agree with you eddie i I think over there makes sense all right last but not least spirits awakened by Kyrie's pregame ritual over under 11 (laughs) over over (laughs) over third eyes that Kyrie's gonna open up this year i think Kyrie's. you said spirits awakened spirits awakened well let's see the only thing that will be awakened is the coaching staff and, and you know, their kind of apathy toward coaching Kyrie after, you know, midway through the season. So they're not spirits, but I'll have to go under. <laughs> under? I don't, I don't exactly you know don't what think I'm Kyrie's waking <laughs> up that many. I'll just be contrary to Julio, I guess, you know, <laughs> to be the whole We love the polarization. Thing. All right. That was fun. That was fun, right? Hats off to y'all for answering. I, I thought you, you were answers right What's up? Did you did you even give any answers? I mean, if y'all if y'all want to hear from me, I would say Warriors. <laughs> he's all up. I guess it's too late now, but you know, leaving us out to dry when we inevitably get half of these wrong. Amen. You know, I feel like you're just you're just ducking the slander out. Yeah, no, you you gotta you gotta. All right, yeah. I can run them down real quick. Uh, Warriors wins over Zion Williamson minutes per game over. LaMelo Ball, three-point percentage. I'm actually going to go over on that one. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander, points per game. I'm going to go slightly under. I think he's like 23 on the nose. Um, Carl Wait, Anthony Towns. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, 22. It was 23 and a half. Oh, you said 23 and a half? I did say 23 and a half. Does that Just change your answer over. at all? Give hey, you the hey. over? All right. Yeah, it's the same thing. Carl Anthony Towns, three-point attempts per game over. First-round draft picks that the Rockets will receive in a trade for James Harden. Under. Spirits awakened by Kyrie's pregame ritual. Vastly over. I'm looking at over 200. 
think about it. He's going all across the country. I think he's going to open a lot in San Antonio. So that's just my two cents. But with that said, let's go ahead and jump into these NBA awards. Let's get into it, man. We'll save MVP for last. Why don't we start at Rookie of the Year? So I think Rookie of the Year is an easy choice for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the thing about some of these awards, a lot of these awards uh, for that matter, is that when, you know, when highlights, that's the thing about social media. People, people get carried away and they watch any little highlight and they'll think, you know, they're the best player ever. That's what happened with LaMelo Ball on his, you know, uh, preseason debut. He had zero points. He shot like 30-something percent from the field. Um, But he had, you know, like four. Wait, how do you you shoot 30-something percent from the field if he had zero points? (laughs) Oh, How is that's not computing? <laughs> no, no, I saw that stat. I saw that stat, and that was for the entire preseason. Okay, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, you're right. You're right. Good catch. I was Good like, catch. hold up. <laughs> Good catch. Good catch. Um, but the thing about Lamelo Bowl, the thing I, I, uh, even though I said he'll go under on the three point percentage that you mentioned, mm-hmm. he is a streaky shooter. So some nights he is gonna have. I, I feel like he is gonna have. You know. 25 points maybe some nights he'll have 30 points other nights he'll go you know down to zero the difference between him and his brother I've always said um that he he's going to be much better than his brother is that he plays with more swagger and confidence so just by that nature alone I think he'll have more nights where he explodes um so that combined with all the attention he's going to get combined with all the you know passing highlights he'll have I think it'll easily go to him. Uh, when you mention guys like James Wiseman, I just don't think he's going to be a the center of an offense. Or Anthony Edwards isn't going to get enough, you know, time or touches, in my opinion. Um, and I, I just think Lamelo Ball is by far. It might be the easiest choice, but I just think it's the obvious choice. Hmm. So the rookie of the year is kind of one on two factors, right? Which is numbers like box score stats and like narratives so you better be someone who excites people enough to have people talking about you and you better put up enough numbers to make people care and they could be very empty numbers and many years rookies do put up a lot of empty numbers because they're not usually that you know impactful but at least for this season i'm gonna go with ob toppin Mm. because i think he'll have a defined role in new york uh, it might be like a six-man, but I think he'll get a lot of minutes, and, and plus they'd be dumb not to play him. You know, he's a CAA client under the management of CAA clients. Like, they're, they're going to make sure he succeeds. And he's also the most NBA-ready player. He, he's had the college experience. Um, he has a he has a game to put up empty numbers. So if he puts up, you know, 18 and 8 this season, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's, um, that's easily rookie of the year caliber for me, considering – you know, the kind of shaky class otherwise. But I will say, though, um, just to give a sneaky name out there that I wouldn't be surprised to finish in the top three of the voting, um, Isaac Okoro kind of impressed yeah. me this preseason. And I don't want to buy in too much to preseason, but if they're going to give him run, he might be sneaky good and, you know, put up just enough numbers to uh, make enough waves, kind of like P.J. Washington last year. Yeah, the, the three-pointer's been falling for him a lot. I, I saw 
I, I forget whether this was as of their last preseason game or the one before that, but he was like five for eight from three, which that was the biggest question mark on him coming out of college is was he going to be able to shoot the three ball at a decent clip. So I, I think Isaac Okoro is a good option. I'm inclined to agree with Julio that LaMelo Ball just for all the mentions that you or all of the reasons that you mentioned on top of the fact that they're clearly ready and willing to hand him the reins to the offense. Like they weren't even slick about it. They didn't even try to say, oh, it might be Devontae Graham. They're like, no, when LaMelo Ball's on the court, this offense flows through LaMelo Ball. Um, I mean, I don't disagree with you on any of the points about him being streaky. Um, again, the difference between him and his brother is not just he plays with more swagger, but he's not going to give up on a shot. There's a Kobe quote that's like, I would rather go 0 for, or 0 for 30 than 0 for 9, because if I went 0 for 9, that means I gave up on myself halfway through the game. LaMelo Ball go 0 for 30. Don't say that to Eddie because he's gonna laugh. I, I just have Eddie's that type of person to be like, bro, that's that's stupid, bro. That doesn't make any sense. Honestly, no. I feel like Eddie would say, well, shoot, the numbers got to go your way at some point. Like, there's no way you're going over thirty. Some of them things are gonna keep well, dropping. Well, if you go over thirty, actually, you did something wrong. I'm sorry. But yeah, like, you should be playing in. in, in message, you should be playing the. You should be playing the Philippines National League if you're, if you're going over for mm-hmm. the NBA game. But point being, I think like, Lamelo I get Ball. The message. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't get the message. But, yeah, Lamelo Ball. Yeah. He, he's not going to be the dude to give up on himself where I, I think Lonzo Ball definitely there were points, especially when he was on the Lakers where you saw him get frustrated and then ultimately kind of rescind himself from that offensive aggressiveness. LaMelo Ball is not going to do that. So I do think LaMelo, he's box office enough. He's going to put up flashy plays. He's going to put up decent enough numbers to win it. Let's go ahead and move on to Ux they're real not, quick. Actually, I mean, before, just before we move on, they're not starting LaMelo right now in the preseason games, which is interesting yeah. to me. I, I, I'm assuming that's going to change once you know soon into the season but oh no doubt that's the one thing like they're starting rosier and Devonte right now yeah i mean rosier I, i'm not even sure like because rosier's not playing well uh, again it's preseason but rosier he's interesting man i feel like he might have just popped off for a little bit when he was in boston we might have we might have been he wasn't a little bad bit. last year it's the crazy part he wasn't terrible his shooting like, splits weren't good though right something. like he shot like low 40s he from shot the 40 percent from three from three I mean, his yeah, I mean, he and Devontae were both pretty good from three and terrible everywhere else. But mm-hmm. interesting, he, he has some he has some spark to provide for a team, just not at the contract. One interesting name I did want to bring up before we move on, though, Patrick Williams just looked really good. I had more better than I thought he would be, no doubt about it. Chicago fans seem to be like pretty infatuated with his game. The dude's just smooth. I I, I didn't see any of that coming out of college. That's as as much as I'd like to be, you know, somebody who's capable of scouting players like. I did not see any of that from Patrick Williams when he was in when he was in college at Florida State. Man, the dude you looks know, like he's you capable. Know what of he might be? What's that? Uh, he might be the next Reagan Griffin. Try to be him, player. And low key, because he plays like a strong brand of basketball. Where it's like, okay, I'm not finna, uh, I'm not finna do too much dribbling, but I, I'm gonna be strong. I like his game a lot. I like his game a lot. Um, all right, let's keep it pushing though. Most improved player. Most. It- most improved player, I got to go with – I had a few players in mind, but um, after realizing that this guy was a guy who, you know, popped off in the bubble, mm-hmm. didn't perform in the regular season like he did in the bubble, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping and, po- and you know, uh, positive that this will continue into this season, and that's Jamal Murray. Um, I hope – 
and do believe that his play will continue. Maybe not to that extent where he's scoring 50 every night, um, but a, a, a big the, the biggest stat that they look at and most improved is the points per game. And he averaged 18 last year. And if he plays, I mean, consistently like he did in the bubble, I can see him averaging anywhere from 26 to 29 points per game. And if and if he hits that twenty eight twenty nine marker, he he's a he's a pretty good uh, safe bet candidate for most improved player. Hmm, that's real interesting. I didn't expect that. What about you, Eddie? Hmm. Yeah. So the the dumb thing about most improved players that I feel like so many years they give it to players like Julio mentioned that take a jump in points per game, but but they literally also take a jump in shots attempted. So, like, the year they gave it to, um, who was it? I think they gave it to Pascal or something two years ago. And he literally just got more minutes. You know, I mean, he probably got better, but it's kind of a dumb reward in that area because you can just be a player who averaged 18 and the next year you average 26 and shoot worse from the field. But just because you jump like that, they think you're the most improved player. And that's probably what's going to happen to Shai Gilders Alexander this year, I think. Hmm. Um, I know I just he, get, I took the under on the points or whatever, but he's kind of like the the protocol, prototypical player who was like the third best player, and now he's going to be the best player on kind of a shitty team, so he gets the ball a lot, so he's going to put up a bunch of numbers. And I don't even know if that means most improved because he probably had it in him all along. So like, did he really improve? You know, but yeah. just for the sake of what I think who the award's going to, it's going to be shy, but. To shout out Reagan here, I do think it should be going to by season's end the one and only mythical creature, the unicorn Christian Wood. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. You know, if he puts up the no, 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 but if he puts up, you know, the the twenty and ten that I think he can over, you know, the course of seventy two games. I mean, he basically improved from a, a, a bench warmer at the beginning of last year to. A guy who's putting up numbers, so that, that's pretty good. I, I just don't know whether he would get the love that Shy might get. Mm. My my thing with uh, uh, Shea Gildas Alexander is that he already averaged twenty last year. He averaged twenty points per game. Mm. So it, it's like, is he going to improve? You know, on, on four more assists per game, three more steals a game, and you know everything else because he he'll have like Brandon a Ingram pretty good leap. I mean, Brandon Ingram, he went from, I think it was eight, 18 to, I don't know what he averaged last year, but 24? I, I don't think, I don't, Shea Gilgis Alexander isn't Brandon Ingram on the offense, but as much as I love uh, Shea Gilgis. So I have Christian Wood here. Um, thanks for stealing my thunder, Eddie, but for all the reasons that you mentioned, <laughs> he's looked really good in the preseason, Julio. I know that one highlight that I, I posted on Twitter, you were like, well, his left hand's garbage. Well, that may be true. While that may be true, I, I will say that I'm inclined to say, I mean, easy, especially if James Harden gets traded away, that's like an easy 20 and 10 for Christian Wood. Um, and, and the dude's definitely a guy that I can see people kind of, you know, flying under the radar, especially the contract that he signed wasn't really worth the caliber of talent that I think he is. Um, I th- can see him catching a lot of people off guard with the numbers that he might put up. Um Though the where I thought you were going, Eddie was gonna say Ja Morant because I think Ja's a guy. He averaged what seventeen something. 
I could see John Morant pushing that to 23, 24, maybe even 25 this year and doing it in style, right? Knowing that John Morant and his style of basketball, of course, people are going to tune in to watch the dude play and, and tune in to watch his highlights. Um, I think that's a dark horse candidate for most one. improved player. Just cause That's a good one, but you should just – I hope they never vote a second-year player as most improved because hmm. if you're a second-year player and you don't improve dramatically, especially if you're a lottery pick, then you're doing something wrong. True. So I just – it should be just like rule of thumb. Like voters don't vote for second year players ever for most improved. Another dark horse, another second year player, Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, Lord, have, I, th- I, I mean, I thought about it, but is he? Yeah, he's not going to get as much love. You know, who's not going to get love? Taylor Horton Tucker. No, Twitter begs to love, differ. <laughs> no, when I say love, I mean the ball, like love. I can see it within, within the team. He's not going to get the ball as much. True is. I could oh okay one more over under for y'all over under Taylor Horton Tucker ten points a game. Under. He's not he's not gonna get playing time like not solid playing. Time. I mean Frank Vogel. I mean it was this was an interesting story to come out of Lakers camp, but like Frank Vogel was literally watching him play in the scrimmage, and he like turns around not really talking to anybody, but he like shucks his teeth. He's like I'm gonna have to start that kid because he's like he's just there's no way you watch him play and it's like damn he's good you can't like. Keep him off the court if you give a crap about winning basketball games. He's a winning player. He's good, but like once the games start to matter a little bit, and you know the scouting reports start coming in, like I think he's good. Don't get me wrong, but like let's not get carried away here. We thought Nikhil Alexander Walker was going to be the truth after last preseason. Hmm. You also thought Alex Caruso would be two ends of the spectrum. But Julio, you didn't answer the question. Over under ten. Ten points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to take the under. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. 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 I. I might. I could see him ten point like two. Literally like just over ten. Um, that's kind of best case scenario though. All right, moving on. Defensive player of the year. Oh, hold on. Before we do that, let's see how many points he dropped tonight. It just popped up on my screen. I'm digressing right now, but he had twelve points. <laughs> 12 points I don't know man uh, alright defensive player of the year who y'all got defensive player of the year I got you, you see I, I have my safe pick in AD um, just cause A I feel like there's there are narratives that go on with a lot of these awards and since he didn't win it last year a lot of people felt like he should have won mm-hmm. um we don't have the bigs that we had to protect the rim like last year. So he's really, really going to take away a bunch of those highlights, but someone I really want to get, uh, I want to get love amongst the media and amongst voters is bam, mm. how hard he plays, how, how switchable he is. So I'm going to just go with bam for the hell of it. Uh, just cause I want him to win and I'm kind of biased in, in that sense. Uh, so yeah, bam, bam out of bio. That's not a bad pick. So I'm kind of with you that I'm kind of with Julio here that I have AD as a safe pick because I think the stars are aligned for him to get this award this year. You know, like I think they're not going to give it to Giannis because of voter fatigue. Like same thing with Gobert. Like I think there's some just voter fatigue there where, you know, just voters aren't going to be inclined to give the award again to the same player unless they show something like extra that they haven't before and I don't think Rudy or Giannis has that. And also and if, if you're not gonna, 
if you're not going to give it to the same player, you still got to give it to a big because these voters only give the award to a big. That's true. That's true. For, for whatever reason. but I mean, I mean that's the most impactful I'm not, I'm not spot saying. defensively on the basketball court. You got to protect the rim. No, it's not. The, in, the, the, in the scheme of the, the entire team, protecting the rim the, is the most important thing you can do. The most lethal position, the the best position in the game is the wing position. Whoever's sure, sure, sure. But I'm saying like whoever, I don't, whoever's inter- guarding that is is the most important defender. No, that's where I beg to I mean, differ. Excuse me. Sorry. Unless me, um, unless you have like an AD that can literally play every, you know. But that's what I'm every- saying. To me, like the the defensive player of the year should be given or prioritized versatility over anything, which is why it's always dumb for me when they gave the award to Kawhi two years over Draymond when Kawhi literally was guarding one player and Draymond was guarding five. So, and that's the thing with AD, like if he gets defensive player of the year, I'm not mad because, you know, he's switchable. He he literally impacts, you know, his man and the ball on pick and rolls. Like he'll, he'll switch out to wings. He'll, he'll block shots with the best of them. And he might just be the best defender of the year this year. Like, I'm not saying that's wrong. But I will say that if Philly has a year that I think they're going to have, um, Ben Simmons and his ability to be that Draymond-type defender, guard one to five, um, be a total disruptor, like blocking shots, stealing, getting in the passing lanes, um, great one-on-one defense, great help defense, all of that sort of stuff. If Philly's going to be successful, then Ben Simmons is going to be doing all of that. And... If that happens, he should be getting a lot of love for this award as well. So you think Ben Simmons stays? This is a completely separate topic, but you think Ben Simmons stays a Philadelphia 76er in your uh, in your prediction? Well, for the sake of you know, as it is right now, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I have Anthony Davis too. It almost feels like yeah. You know, the remember the year that James Harden won MVP, and it was like ah, we got to give it to him. We, like, skated him last year and the year before that. I feel like that's what's going to end up happening with Anthony Davis, especially after what happened to Giannis in the playoffs. Everyone was so infatuated with Giannis' defense, which, don't get me wrong, it was great, but after seeing what AD could do defensively this past playoffs, people are going to feel a little bit of remorse and say, okay, well, let's give it to him this year. Um, Dark horse candidate, Marcus Smart, perhaps. Now that he's in the starting lineup, I think that's a guy that people, they've always appreciated his hustle. They've always appreciated his ability ability to guard literally one through five at times when the they the Celtics had literally no one else who could defend the post Marcus Smart was doing that as well um but that would kind of be contingent upon the Celtics elevating defensively as a team because then people would really start to take notice of Marcus Smart and his impact on defense so um I don't know I kind of like to throw other names out there uh that's a good one what's one more would be an interesting one Lou Dort Lou Dort Julio that's why that's why I fucks with you, Julio. Lou Dort. <laughs> How about Lou Dort? Just for the, just for the honorary Lou defensive player of the year. I mean, over if, under Lou Dort like, steals per game five. Or or if if Embiid stays healthy, Embiid could. Uh, I could see Embiid. I will say if Atlanta finishes anything higher than 29th in the league on defense, uh, Clint Capella will deserve some love for this award. Him and I, I keep saying it, Cam Reddish too. People, that's all people talk I mean, about in Atlanta is Cam Reddish's defense. I hope, I hope I hope you understood the sarcasm. You know? Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch yeah. that. I did not catch that at all. 
I'm um, saying I'm saying as long as they're not 30th in the league in defense, then Clint Capella must have done something crazy because they're going to be so horrendous on defense. And literally, Clint Capella is the only good player they have on that end. Can, bro, okay, we'll see about Cam Reddish, man. I, I feel like Cam Reddish is gonna is gonna show out defensively this year. Um, all right. I mean, he's good. He's good. He's good, but like he's not doing enough. Not nearly enough. We'll, we shall see. The big shebang. MVP. Who we got? Luca. Really? Luca. Luca Doncic. I ain't and it it's funny because I didn't know he was. I was looking at some uh, betting odds like on, on the internet. He's a favorite. He's, he, he's a clear favorite, right? He's like by far the clear favorite. And no, I did yeah. not base my freaking pick on that. Um because I think betting odds are kind of stupid, too. Uh, but, yeah, Luka Doncic is easily the pick for me. There's, uh, as I mentioned on, on the pod, um, I think the last pod, Devin Booker's my dark horse, but Luka's got to be the favorite. I mean, he, I, I, again, like I mentioned, I think the Mavs got a little bit worse, but I think he's going to still just, his usage rate, I just feel like he's going to go higher. And he's just going to take command of the league and just be a highlight tape every single game on social media, too. So, And that's a narrative within itself. So I'm just so excited for the season, so excited to watch him. And, yeah, he it's the Luka takeover this season. He's an MVP easily. Mm. What say you, Edward? I'm surprised that... I'm surprised that you were surprised, Julio, that he's, like, a clear favorite in the gambling odds. I, I just don't pay attention to betting odds, I think, yeah. But just, like, kind of, um, if you think about it, like, it's clearly his award to win this year, right? Because all the other stars are paired up, and Giannis is, you know, no one cares about Giannis. Well, I mean, no, no. It's, it's Steph's award to win this year, too. You can say that, too. Because, I mean, it was everybody, he was probably, if I go back last year, he was probably the favorite or, you know, a top three. That's what I'm saying. There's like no one's no one's going to double down on the mistake they made last year. But so they're not going to go back. And I mean, that's my, that's my point, though. Like he, he didn't play a lot. He, I mean, no one's really seen him. So for him to be back on the map and if he puts his team in the in the playoffs with a good seating and if he just dropping, you know, 10 threes a night, it's his to lose, too. He's not paired up. I will say, I will say we're not gambling people here. But if there are any gamblers listening to this podcast, buying low on Steph might be a better idea this year than you know buying high on him last year. Um, but for my MVP pick, um, I have to be logical here, right? Because if oh, my, now now you, you know, decide to be logical. For, no, logical as in, like, follow what I'm saying here. Sure, sure. If what I've been saying about the Eastern and Western Conference in the previous episodes, you know, is what I believe, and what I'm saying on the top 10 players is what I believe. He's going um, down. Yeah. yeah. Damian, Lillard, Damian Lillard has to be the MVP this year. And I'm not, I'm not saying that as in, like, oh, I backed myself into a corner, so I'm picking game for MVP. But I've kind of felt this way ever since the offseason season kind of uh, played out the way it played out. Um, it's going to be, I think, between Dame and Luka because, like, they're going to be clear, high-usage, heavy favorite kind of players. But, you know, having Dame on a good team, and I, and I think that's going to be a good team, 
means that he's going to be in the winning conversation enough to not have uh, voters talk about him like he's a good player but on a shitty team. And we kind of forget that last year he averaged 30 and 8. You know, like that's not no small numbers. You know, he, he's doing what, you know, James Harden is doing essentially, just scoring a little bit less but on better efficiency. And then you talk about, well, the MVP award is about numbers, but it's also about narrative, right? And what is the Dame narrative? When he goes on these ballistic stretches, you know, scoring 50 every night, and especially late in the season if, if they're jostling for positioning and he goes on a crazy sort of run, you know, the, the kind of 50, 50 a game kind of run that I don't think Luka has quite, you know, done in his career yet. You know that narrative is going to really help Damian Lillard out. So yeah. if I foresee Portland finishing in, you know, that kind of three-seed area where I think they're going to finish – and Dame Lillard is the catalyst of that, and he averages, you know, somewhere in between 30 and, like, 33-ish points on the year, you know, on, on his typical, like, pretty solid efficiency, and he has clutch moments, and that team does well. It's going to be hard at the end of the year for voters to not talk about him like he's MVP, you know, especially if I think they're going to be better than the Mavs, you know, and that's going to be a, a kind of tiebreaker, essentially, between him and Luka. What's gonna What's gonna help Luca are the triple doubles, and I mean, if we want to talk about players not getting enough love, and I, of course, we all can acknowledge that Dame for many years was underrated, um, but apparently this year he's vastly overrated by my co-host. Um, I mean, how are you going to tell me uh, uh, Bradley Beal isn't you know? underappreciated bro didn't even make the all-star team he averaged 31 I never, and six. I never said he's not underappreciated he's definitely underappreciated but yeah I'm I'm just saying bro like I, I don't know I don't know I just gotta throw in Bradley Beal yeah just for the hell of it like, I was gonna say I don't remember Eddie saying that either I think it's just like, um, but, but seriously though but seriously though I'm not I'm not you know trying to still be uh, facetious, and I, and I mean, I wasn't even facetious in the first place talking Dame up like that on, on my top 10 players list, but this is seriously, like, he should be, like, a co-favorite for MVP, given what he did last year, given what the team is, you know, kind of projected to do this year, and given the type of player Damian Lillard is, this is the perfect, you know, like, all the factors coming together to produce the sort of season he needs to win MVP, and if you look around the league, um, and I guess we kind of said this last year, but it's as wide open as ever, I think, because um, unless, you know, we're doing the, the voter the, the voter narrative, like, reversal with LeBron James and not giving it in the award last year, I don't think that's going to happen because him and AD are going to split votes. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if KD is going to have that type of season, but, you know, he, he's on that sort of team. Where I don't know if his usage is going to be big enough. Um, Giannis is going to be voter fatigue. James Harden, his situation's looking too iffy. You know, then then you come down to Luca and Dame, and I just have to give the advantage to Dame at this point because because he is the bigger moment kind of player. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little boring with my selection, but you know he hasn't won it in a while, and I feel like this might be the year just because people have been so infatuated with what he's been able to accomplish at his age that perhaps this is the year that they give LeBron James his final MVP. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all, just given, you know, we saw at the end of last year, you mentioned it, Eddie, people were starting to, you know, 
wipe off the dust a little bit on LeBron in that weekend where they beat the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers and people were ready to start leaning towards giving LeBron that MVP. So that tells you that people still have somewhat of an urge to do it right but you know the the stars didn't exactly line up for it to happen last year I think it could line up for it to happen this year LeBron James looks dominant in the preseason I'm not sure exactly how many games he's going to play there's definitely going to be some rest games in there but in the games that he does play he's going to be his dominant self um he looks like he's shooting the ball a lot better I don't know where the improvement where the click happened I think maybe it was over the COVID-19 hiatus but that shot is looking a lot better than it did prior to COVID-19. So I think this could be the year LeBron James, he goes out, he averages, you know, 26, 27 points, eight, nine assists, seven, eight rebounds. If the Lakers are the number one seed in the West, that could be an MVP candidate, no doubt. I guess maybe, and there's probably a a better than slim chance that he does win it. But if you're the Lakers, do you really want him winning it? You don't want him to win it. My, my, My thing with LeBron is that I, I want him to keep gradually transitioning into a Magic Johnson phase. And maybe not, you know, immediately, because he's obviously better than Magic Johnson, but slowly just, you know, transitioning. I, I don't even want to say declining, because, you. I mean, he, he does so many things well that, you know, uh, with all these guys that we have to score the ball, he doesn't really need to be that catalyst scoring 26-27. Um, I'd rather have him, you know, saving that and putting it in his back pocket and saving that for the playoffs. Which so, brings me to my yeah, next I'm more point. Thinking about, oh, go ahead. I was saying, I'm more thinking about, you know, they only got like what a month and a half off, right. For the off season. Um, I like, there's no point for LeBron to be playing all 72. And if the Lakers are smart, they're going to be resting him on a lot of these back to backs that they have this year. So he's going to end up playing about like 55 to 60 games if he stays healthy. And those kind of rest games, if he has them, is going to take him out of the conversation because obviously voters aren't going to, you know, I hope that they're not going to, you know, just count out all the rest games if other players are playing 72. But it's the smart thing for him to take some of these games off, especially because, you know, unless something else crazy happens in 2021, you're not going to have a six-month break between the regular season and the playoffs. You know, so you actually got to focus and concentrate on staying fresh and making sure you're at 100% when you go into the playoff run. Which brings me to my next point. If it does play out as you guys see it, perhaps Anthony Davis might be in line to be an MVP contention. I think that, that, I mean, again, when we saw the Lakers at their best, it could be at times difficult to differentiate who was the more impactful player between LeBron James and Anthony Davis, particularly when you take into account what he's doing on the defensive end of the ball. I think Anthony Davis, man, it would be difficult to overcome that narrative of having LeBron James next to you. But if LeBron James pushes it a little bit, right, if he's willing to step back and say, you know, I'm not doing this without AD. AD's been the more impactful player this year. I am sitting out these games and AD's picking up the slack when I'm not there. Perhaps that's a dark horse candidate for MVP this year. I mean, here's the thing with LeBron, though. For as much as uh, we may think that he... Again, I don't want to say declining, but for a lack of a better term, declining. And whether that's taking games off or, you know, he he never lets his stats drop. And I, I, I'm reluctant to call him a stat patter, but that's kind of what he showed me in the final series in that, you know, I think it was game one where 
We were like, what the hell is going on? We we're up by 50 goddamn points, and this man is it playing the 50. <laughs> And and this man is playing the whole. We're up thirty, and this man is playing the whole second half. I mean that that's insane. So that's the thing about LeBron. He a lot of a lot of stars like like you know Kobe have said in the past like no don't take games off because fans come to see you you know take rest within the game. LeBron doesn't do that because he doesn't want his averages to drop. So by his averages not dropping, I just don't see how AD can get those votes. I like how LeBron is the most, or no, not LeBron. Julio is the most sly LeBron hater. <laughs> High key, bro. Like that's it's like a, that's such like a flaming take to be like LeBron is just a glorified stat pattern, but you just delivered in such a way that's like, well, you know, he's gonna get his you know really spectacular numbers, but he's gonna do it in a fraudulent way. Julio's- like that's what folks who hate him be saying about him. Julio literally sat up here and said, I'm not going to call him a stat patter, but he's a stat patter. Like, he literally just, he just called him the long version of a stat patter. I'm not going to call him a stat patter, but he definitely makes sure his numbers don't drop. Like, he just called him. I mean, that's true, though. Mm. Hey, man. Definitely in that finals. I I will say in that finals, he was making sure his numbers were there. No doubt. I don't want to be petty, but um, if everyone said that you know, oh, Steph and KD can't get an MVP because they cancel each other out. Are we doing the same thing with other star duos in the league this year as well? Or does that or does that not count? Because I thought that's just what the rules were, you know, like well, all the, the, the star duos. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, don't fall into this trap, Julio. Don't fall into this trap because he's just mad because Steph lost out on some MVPs when KD got there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Are you, are, are you counting like Chris Steph's Porzingis? Yeah, no, we can't no, count no. steps. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, you got to be like two superstars on the same team, and I'm not saying Steph or Katie deserve those MVPs, but you know, there was a lot of, um, let's just say, I mean, ideological. I mean, even if you wanted to give an MVP to one of them, it would go to the better player, and the better player is Kevin Durant. All right, I'm, I'm cutting gonna, it off. I'm cutting it off because you not, just opened up I'm, a whole can I'm of worms. Not, you just, I'm, I'm not, cutting not, it off here. I'm cutting it off here before we're here for an hour and a half. So, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Hoop and Holler. We were able to keep it relatively brief today, so that's a good sign for things to come. Um, we're going to be getting into some season really soon here, and it's going to be, of course, exciting as the NBA season always is. Make sure you go check out the accounts on Twitter and Instagram at SQR1Hoops. We just posted a graphic of the blurred out version of our top 10. If you haven't checked out the three-part series of our top 10 players heading into the 2020-2021 NBA season, make sure you go do that. It got very ill very fast. No spoilers, but Eddie did say Damian Lillard is the third best player in the NBA, and for that, he will never be forgiven. We'll see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.